So if you guys didn't know, I am Canadian. And if you can think of Canadian artists, you probably jumped to Celine Dion, Michael Bublé. But you know where my head goes first and my heart every single time? Where? Brian, Brian Adams. Yep, Brian Adams. And um, I was lucky enough to be able to see Brian Adams perform at the Royal Albert Hall um, earlier this, well, last month, May. Um, and I got to go with Ollie and it was just amazing because Ollie was even more excited than I was. And it was our first thing that we've done together outside of rectangles. It's amazing. Um, yeah, what a glorious, glorious evening. I can't even, I can't even believe it's three weeks ago at time we're recording last night. So yeah. It did was you amazing. En- okay. I was about to say, did you enjoy yourself? I know you did. That's how excited <laughs> I am. I think there's no point in trying to pretend to the listeners that I, I you, you didn't know the answer to that, especially what me joining in singing with Brian. Um, oh, yes. he did invite <laughs> us to do it. So that was fun. He did. Um, yeah, it was amazing. And I'm glad that you brought up the other sort of parts of the Canadian musical trinity. Because <laughs> um, I would also go for Celine and, and Michael, uh, probably. And then I haven't even mentioned Avril Lavigne. So never mind, mm. that's another conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, it was wonderful to finally get to meet you in person and be live a rectangle-free life for a bit. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, going to see Brian Adams for the first time at the Royal Albert Hall. And I think I mentioned that I hadn't been to the... Uh, to that venue for, for a while um i'm gonna go with decades um which is a sin and i will be not re- i won't be doing that again i'll be going Good. much more regularly i'm glad i got to help fix that thank you so much um but yeah it was it was wonderful and uh I'm waiting for the Brian Adams musical, frankly. I Me think too. It's, it's, it's so too, many yeah. good songs. Like, why has yeah. this not happened yet? Um, he didn't yeah. even do all the all the songs. No, really. so many songs. Like, talking about decades, I've literally seen this man perform in, like, 2004-05, um, 2014-15, and now 2022. Like, that's not 30 years, but across three decades. And he had a massive career prior to that, even. Because, yeah, yeah I mean... Oh my goodness. It was a really great concert series. So he did three nights in a row, um, a different album every night followed by greatest hits. Um, and I chose the waking up the neighborhood, um, album because it has everything I do. I do it for you on it. Um, and I also have that album myself. So I've listened to it many times. So getting to hear some of like my favorite Brian Adams songs. Yes. What What? format, what format? CD, CD. Yes. Uh, Jenny, we're talking about CDs again. I know that cracked you up last time. <laughs> look, look, the album's from 1991. Yeah. I think CD's pretty, that was pretty forward thinking. Uh, In 1991, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the fact you didn't have it on audio cassette is, is incredible. So It is. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. guy's been singing um, so for longer long. than we've both been alive and yep. we don't need to go. So he, I was really impressed by his performance. The band were incredible. The sound setup was was superb. Mm-hmm. The drummer in particular was was excellent. He was keeping yep. them warm, very much in time, and yep. just driving the energy. But his voice is just bulletproof. I mean, that was the third night of three. Um, he's been doing other shows recently. He's been working on an album. 
And then he's been singing like that for 40 years, basically. And his voice was absolutely just, I was really worried about seeing people like Brian Adams or Elton John or like Celine Dion or whoever, who, you know, in reality, you might want to see X number of years ago. But Brian Adams basically just blew out the water. He mm-hmm. he was as good as it coming out in 1991. It was just so good. I'm so glad yep. that we did that. Yeah. Um, he's just as good now as he was when I saw him in the noughties. And I mean, oh my goodness, he's just been amazing forever. His MTV Unplugged um, mm. CD yeah. <laughs> changed my life. I watched it on MTV originally and honestly, it just completely That's changed. music television to yes. any of the younger <laughs> listeners out MTV there. MTV still exists, Ollie. Um, Not in the way that we used no, to. No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's sad. I miss old MTV um, because it, they played things like MTV Unplugged um, and it was just brilliant so getting to see him again just makes me really happy and getting to see it with Ollie who was more excited than me and singing along in harmony a lot of the time you guys yeah was just brilliant so and being in London and seeing all of you guys was just also very brilliant so huge shout out to all of you for making it something that I could a achieve and be um, such a lovely lovely heartwarming thing we were very happy that you were down and uh, it's kind of a tiny bit weird having you back in a, in a rectangle know, doing this. I know, I feel weird being in a rectangle doing this, but... Um, You'll be back soon, which is exciting. Indeed, indeed. Now then, we are meant to be doing a podcast on musical theatre and... Yes, not Brian Adams. And I think, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> we could quite happily do that, but I will uh, take the reins for a moment and suggest what we are doing in this episode um we are doing our meet the team and we have the lovely matt fortune and amy kimberlin and uh, that i think you'll enjoy that session it, we, we we went on a little bit longer than anticipated but they were <laughs> in fine form so that's all good um at the end we talk about uh what wemek loves and we are doing that around beauty and the beast and your favorite songs and thank you in advance well thank you so much for all of those answers there was quite a few of them and very insightful they were too and right in the middle we have a fantastic session with Kevin Lent and he he is talking to us about actually being involved in the production of Beauty and the Beast that is going around the UK at the moment um, as part of his um, sort of little side hustle as someone getting into the musical uh, theatre sort of production side of uh, things career I apologize for how I've constructed that sentence it's dreadful <laughs> um but there we are so Kevin um takes us through his own personal journey um and relating it to the show and I hope you enjoyed that definitely so yeah I think that's basically it it's a little bit longer but we've decided to give you a platinum jubilee extravaganza um and I hope you enjoy it And now it's time for our latest Meet the Team segment. And I am really happy to say that we have the lovely Matt and Amy with us today. Thank you guys for joining. We're so excited to talk to you. Thank you, Thanks for having us. Um, Without further ado, I think we just dive straight in. Um, So who are you? Where are you from? And what do you do when you're not choiring? My name is Matt and I'm from Edinburgh originally, uh, up in Scotland. And when I'm not choiring, I'm a year one teacher. So teach the little ones. I'm Amy or Amy Kay, as some of you might know me as. Uh, I'm originally from Surrey, but live currently in East London. Uh, When I'm not at choir, I work in construction and office fit out. 
which means I wander around building sites wearing hard hats and high visits. You are both East Londoners, so um, tell me how excited you are about the Elizabeth line. I mean, Beyond excited. <laughs> I thought we weren't allowed to talk about this. This is so exciting, but I'll let them answer first. Go. <laughs> I've never felt so much excitement for a train. And that's saying something because I used to be obsessed with Thomas the Tank Engine a lot when I was younger. Same. And this, the Elizabeth line just trumps it completely. And it, yeah, it was amazing. Like, I was literally first day, day one, I am riding this train. It is happening. I was like, I'm going slightly out of my way to get this train to choir on Tuesday, but I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> it took slightly longer to get there, but I don't care. I got to ride the Elizabeth line on the first day. So yeah, the train nerd in me was very happy. <laughs> I did the same. It was basically just getting to Liverpool Street to get this Stansted Express to the airport. I decided that the best way to do that would be to get the DLR to Canary Wharf and do it like that. And it was just, that was wonderful. I was so happy. <laughs> There's always a bit of a... Um just grumpy tube people on every single tube line. And when when the Elizabeth line opened, there was not one angry person. Everyone was so happy from the staff, even just the people on the trains taking photos. It was just, it was a really wholesome vibe. It was really fun. And that vibe continues. There's just lots of people yeah. kind of Long looking around. Last. Yeah, sort of starry-eyed, yeah, which is lovely. Um, I was there, but I did not uh, partake because I had absolutely no reason to at the time, but I look forward to taking it. Um, I was living for your guys' excitement, though. That was great. And the <laughs> pictures and like somebody like the sideways lift is just I, I don't even understand. Um, I'll report back once I've used one. <laughs> when did you first join choir? I joined choir back in the summer term of 2019. I'm very glad I did because we had some great songs in that term. Um, I joined in the autumn term of 2019. It was really good about halfway through and that was really fun. Uh, so I did my taster session at King's Cross in the old venue and it was really good. I really, really enjoyed it, obviously, because I kept coming back. It was kind of that sort of like a little bit thrown into it because it's like, oh yeah, welcome to choir. Now learn Hebrew. So, because we were doing Prince of Egypt as our first, or my very first song. Very true, very true. So it's just like, there you go. I was like, oh, this is so nice. Turn the sheet music. I don't understand any of these words. <laughs> so that was my first taste of choir was learning to sing in Hebrew. Yeah, that's up there with Super Cali as one of your first songs too, right? <laughs> like, what did I just do? <laughs> <laughs> when did you join the team? I think, Amy, you go ahead because you started it first. It was autumn term 2021. I was due to get married midway through that term. So it was very much, okay, we, we'd like you to be an angel. However, we do know that you are going to be very busy for these next couple of weeks leading up to your wedding. So I kind of started as like a half angel. Um, so following the other angels around um, Oxford Circus and just getting a feel for things. And then I started officially when I came back after my wedding and my mini moon, which that was, that was fun to do because it kind of, I feel like it broke me in ever so slightly. And also helped massively for my first proper angel performance, which was Disneyland Paris. So, <laughs> Matt, how about you? You were sort of similar time, weren't you? Yeah, so I started sort of angeling duties um, in the spring term just past, I think. Yeah, around about the February time. I joined, I was made an angel um, or a trainee angel, baby angel, on the 12th of January. And I only remember that because it was my birthday. 
So it was one of the best birthday presents I got was being asked to join the angel team. So that was really, really great. Hard to top that, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, so you're just like in your, sitting on your laptop on your email inbox just pops up and it's just like, what? And you just are like shocked by this email that you've received. Uh, so yeah, it was a fantastic birthday present. And then that spring term started. Um, I started following people around like Amy did and just sort of asking like a billion questions. But yeah, it was really, really good. It was fun. It was nice. Um, I think I got announced to people at the Winter Ball. So it was nice seeing all the shocked faces on people because I hadn't told anybody. Um, so for our next question, what has been your favourite performance or experience with Western Musical Choir? My first official performance with choir, and that was Pride back in 2019, where we uh, performed at Facebook's offices for their Pride breakfast. That for me was just the first proper choir experience of a professional performance in a professional setting and also just having the best time and having so much fun with it. Remember the build up to it being so, so, so nervous because I think our set list had about four songs that I had not learned with the choir. They were all um, songs that we'd um, briefly touch upon and then it's kind of up to us to do homework and because it's already been taught, they're not going to reteach it. So that for me, it was learning songs like Nine to Five, um, Over the Rainbow, Super Cali, stuff that I was throwing right in the deep end and thinking, oh God, how am I going to do this? Um, I remember the first day when I nailed the Super Cali spelling bit, I thought, I've done it, that's it. Like, you can do anything now, you can conquer the world. It's a special moment, isn't it? It is such a special moment when you do it for the first time. It was just, and it felt like anything goes in this kind of situation. We had glitter all over our faces. Um, I think Maxine turned up with this amazing makeup where it looked like she'd unzipped part of her face and the part she unzipped was a rainbow. It was just prosthetics and colourful and amazing. And I'm, I still don't know how she did it to this day. Um, and bearing in mind this um, this performance for Facebook, they were, uh, it was a for a, boozy breakfast so they were drinking so we had quite a um a fun crowd and I remember I think Ashley was our MD and he he kind of said to us beforehand um we're here to sing we're not necessarily performing for them so they're going to be talking but don't let it distract you and they are still listening do your best and have the best time um and I remember I just remember it ending and thinking wow that was that was such a high. That was such a thrill, and then Facebook basically inviting us to join their champagne breakfast afterwards, which what, at eleven o'clock in the morning isn't ideal. I ended up doing my first ever London Pride, which was absolutely phenomenal and insane. And I think I came back about four o'clock in the afternoon, caked in glitter, with a collection of these Carlsberg cups in different sections of the pride flag and a very confused joe my husband looking at me like you said you were going to be back at midday what happened that's amazing i think i was expecting 4 a.m amy so 4 p.m is perfectly respectable i think when you start drinking at 10 30 in the morning 4 p.m is is a call it quits time <laughs> I was walking around central London that day um, after everything because I would have been at Pride, but I was doing something with my other choir. I know, weird. Sorry, guys. Um, and what? I know, I know. <laughs> 
Um, but I'm going to do pride whenever we next can, because that's, that's just the glitter and the meaning of it all. And it's fabulous. And thank you for talking about pride in June. I mean, that's awesome. Thank you, Amy. But yeah, I was walking around town afterwards and oh my God, (laughs) around about 5 PM and it was still kind of busy, but yeah, it was, there was there was glitter everywhere and there were so many happy people running around and just having the best time. And it was, it was just so wonderful to see that. Matt, what about you? Same as probably everyone else that new year's was absolutely phenomenal. That experience was just amazing. And like, for example, like the kids in my class, like they knew that I, I sing and I'm in a choir, but I think for them to be able to actually see what I do, like I got so many photos from kids that like freeze framed it, and like they're sort of like stood like on Instagram, like posting it, like there was my teacher, which was absolutely brilliant. Um, so that was phenomenal. And then Disney as well. Um, I did my first, my only Disney trip so far last November. And it was just phenomenal. I mean, after everything we've gone through with like the pandemic and everything to be able to go to Disney and perform on stage was just absolutely amazing. It was such an emotional experience. It was brilliant. Um because I don't know, like those who haven't seen the performance or don't know, like you start singing behind the closed curtains and then as you're singing, the curtains sort of snap open and then you're just met with this audience. And I was just staring. I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. It was like phenomenal. One of the best experiences of my life was getting to perform live at Disneyland for Christmas. So it was like childhood dream come true. Absolutely. Um and again, like the kids in my class were just like, where are you going? Where are you going? Because I wasn't in for a day. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to, to Disneyland. <laughs> so, of course, got lots of uproar from like the five-year-olds that I teach, which were just like, wait, why aren't we going to Disneyland? Like, can we not come too? It's like, really sorry, guys. Um, but no, they had, like, they love seeing that sort of thing as well. So I showed them the videos and things of us at Christmas at Disneyland. So, yeah, I think those two are definitely very much up there as the sort of showstopper experiences um but another one that's just really i really love is hampton court it's such a lovely one it's just like a really really nice day of just singing and chatting and you get to really know lots of people i think it's that choir phenomenon of the minute you see someone in a wemet t-shirt you may have never met them before in your life but they are instantly your best friend because you are both in a wemet t-shirt it doesn't even matter if you don't know each other's names you are going around hampton court together you're getting food together it does not matter Um, which is yeah so that sort of kind of gig as well is really really fun good choices and Hampton Court's coming up soon-ish isn't it so um are you guys signed up for it oh Oh, Amy Amy. (laughs) next year Amy next year we'll do it together we'll be the ones walking around together (laughs) there's always a rule I'm I'm not allowed to do both flower shows in the same year otherwise the world will implode apparently Uh (laughs) Matt I wanted to uh go back to the Disney um because uh, that's when the bromance was born. Yes. We have to talk about this. No, we have to talk about this. Go for so it. So for those that don't know, um, the, so Ollie and I roomed together at Disney. And um, one night we were all going out for drinks and things. Um, so like we all met up together. We're having drinks. And we ended up back at our hotel, in the hotel bar, having a drink. And... Um, Ollie was wearing like I don't know, like burgundy top or whatever, and I was hot, so I took my jumper off to discover I was wearing a matching outfit with Ollie. So we're both sat next to each other on the sofa, just in matching outfits. And then from then on, that is where the the bromance stemmed from. 
yeah, you say like it wasn't planned. Um, like <laughs> we, we were sharing a room, but hey, you know, I think it was a, a fantastic reveal and uh, look forward to emulating that in September because I think we're both going, I know that much, but I think all of us are going in September. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Yay. <laughs> It's be great. Full coordination of outfits will be required. Uh oh. Yeah, we'll have to work that one out. <laughs> I think it was just the um all all of us kind of clicking at the same point. That you're sat next together on this sofa, yeah. both in yeah. maroon. And then it was just right, everyone get your cameras out, it's photo time. And I think everyone posted on their Instagram story the yes. photo of yes. the angles of you. I saw all of them and I was like. <laughs> What is going on? <laughs> Matt, you make it sound like we just had similar tops. We also had very similar sort of jeans on as well. Like yeah. I think we were both wearing like the same jeans. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I, think, I think our shoes, I think we're both still wearing like our black choir shoes, shoes as well. Yeah. So just like, yeah. it pretty much was a head to toe. It was a look, outfit. honey. It was a look. So yeah, um, there we go. Yeah, I think, and, and the photos just keep getting better. Like the one of you guys in your sunglasses. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's amazing. We will uh, post these photos or you can find them on the social needs guys. They, they are there. Go yeah. find them. They're quite heartwarmingly <laughs> amusing. <laughs> what is the biggest thing that you get out of choir? I think for me, it's massively confidence. Um, when I joined the choir, it was a bit of a funny time where I, I, I'd had a big change in my career and I felt like I lost a lot of who I was. Um, and I remember I knew a member from choir and uh, I, I saw all of her performances and posts on Instagram. And I just thought, you've, you've got to try this. You've got to go and try this. It will be amazing. I remember standing outside of uh, the old Tottenham Court Road venue for a good 20 minutes or so, just standing outside, psyching myself to go in and try it. And just thinking, it might not be for you. You might not like it, but you've tried it and that's something. And obviously I knew I wasn't going to go in and not like it. That was not going to happen. And I absolutely adored it. Um, I think that's also just a note for any possible tasters listening. Just don't be nervous. Go in. You will love it. And if you don't, that's okay. Um, but I promise you will have the best time because everyone is wonderful. I think it's just it's just a feeling of belonging. Like I, I found my tribe. I found my people who love musicals as much as I do, who can obsess over a certain song for hours upon end. And also a group of people who can go out to overtures with me and have the best time. I do have to mention that obviously the choir was quite an important part of my wedding day. A handful of members came to perform and sing for our wedding and for our wedding guests, which just was such a magical time and such an amazing moment. Um, so for that, I feel forever in the choir's debt. It was always something that I kind of thought, I'd love I'd love for them to come and sing. I've got to try this. I've got to at least try and see if it would work. And lo and behold, it was, the choir pulled it together so well. And obviously, Ollie, you were there and forever in your debt. And for everyone that came and gave up their Sunday to come perform and we had a lovely day and we won't hold you in too much debt, so don't worry. I think especially if you get us repeat business, that'd be good from people at the at the wedding. But yeah, that was a really lovely day and it was nice to do. And who knows, there may be more opportunities to do that, certainly. For me, I think it was definitely the sense of community, getting to join this group of people who love musicals as much as me, who are 
just as mad as me. Um, but yeah, like, cause I moved to London knowing very, very few people. I think I knew like two, three people that already lived in London. And obviously I had my friends that I made through work and things like that, but I sort of didn't really have anything outside of that. Um, so it was pretty much, I got up, I went to work, I went home, I got up, I went to work, I went home. That was pretty much um, what my life was like when I first moved to London. And then I realized, right, I've got to have something more. I'm living in London. I'm in this fantastic city. There's got to be more that I can do. I can find more people. So it was actually my mum that suggested, like, you used to sing a lot. Like, you used to be in choir at school. Go go find one. So went off and did that. Um, just Googled and found Wemmick. And I was like, what, musical choir? Great, I'll do that. No problem. So went off to King's Cross. And I've just been there since. And I can't imagine... I can't really remember a time in London before I had the choir. The choir is one of the things that has made my experience living in London so much better. Uh, just having a bunch of friends and people to chat to, and not even just at choir stuff, like random things like people, like we'll sort of go to overtures together or we'll go for picnics in the park together or like a bunch of us went to karaoke the other night. And it was just, it's just fantastic. It's like, I actually have this community of friends um, and this big group of people that's just absolutely fantastic. So I absolutely love the Wemmick community because it is a community. It's not just a we turn up, we rehearse, we leave. It's very much um, supporting one another. And particularly during the pandemic, like I don't think I would have gotten through that without my friends and things like on and Wemmick, like just on Zoom, having a chat, having a rant, watching videos together, just like making it fun. That I got a lot of that from Wemmick. So yeah, I'm really, really grateful to everyone in Wemmick for sort of like welcoming me into this big sort of singing family, which is absolutely fantastic. So absolutely love it yeah that's definitely what I got from it was that sense of community that sense of a little family great you mentioned that we did karaoke the other night because I just find it so funny it's like oh what do you guys do what do you choir people do outside of choir oh well we sing even more obviously yeah, <laughs> yeah like we go to karaoke or we go to overtures where we basically take over the piano <laughs> it's like when you get to the point in overtures where there's that many of us that we start ignoring what the um, the musical director on the piano is playing and we sing our harmonies for the song yeah. because we're like no we know this song we're doing it our way and everyone else just stops and starts staring at you like what is that <laughs> not doing <laughs> yeah and there's like 30 of us sort of stood gravitating to our harmony groups and singing in four-part harmony and everyone's just like what's going on and so it's like every week we just have like an impromptu flash mob yeah I think it is just the that community feel and it's the friends and I think Matt you're saying about so during lockdown, you were very active on on the sort of like virtual social side of things. Like, I, I, it's great to see all the friendships sort of very much concreted from there. Yeah. Um, sort of at where we are now uh, in that particular journey, seeing as it's not over, but um, it's definitely nice to see. And I think it's such a recurring theme when we do this segment about that community feel that I, I feel I need to sort of darken the mood slightly and go like, Talking about debt, Amy, um, from your <laughs> wedding, um, I do actually now remember that I had to learn Super Cali on my own for your wedding. Um, so there is a certain amount of personal debt because I remember driving up the M1 to a weekend away to see some friends, learning Super Cali on my own, sort of um, shouting it along in the car. And I'm sure drivers on the motorway were thinking I was insane sort of getting it wrong every so often and expletives are plenty but yeah it was uh it was totally worth it and I think 
aside from the the loveliness of choir there's definitely that we need to talk about at some point which is good but anyway I Katie, thought what- I was just I thought I was doing no harm to anyone by being no. <laughs> you knew what you were doing Fine. <laughs> my mum loves Mary Poppins I wanted to do a song from it and then I just remember having a message from you like what have you done <laughs> yeah it all worked and I'm very happy and I'm totally ready if we ever do that song again in choir so there is a, a longer term journey here but yeah it, it just suddenly my brain suddenly went okay you've remembered now go and um, bring it up so anyway Katie <laughs> move us on to our last question before wow. I get vindictive no 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 but I'm just going to take it back to um the lockdown choir stuff I wouldn't be friends with you guys without that so like very true it and it's uh yeah it means a lot um that even even though I'm still far away except for you know the past three weeks um you guys are here for me whenever I need anything and that's just so 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 amazing about the choir community and um just a shout out to everybody that I saw for the first time outside of a rectangle um over the last couple of weeks because you were all so excited and it was also lovely and ugh, big hugs to all of you it was amazing so lots of love and also Panto. Let's just shout out to Panto because that's most of the people that I'm really good friends with now. So, yeah, it's that amazing. Was so great! It was mm-hmm. such a fun experience. Um, yep. Just being a part of that, um, I was one of the Snow Whites. Yeah, you were amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember my Joe, my husband, like peering in, like, "Why have you got a squirrel puppet? <laughs> what are you doing now?" <laughs> You know, this isn't the first time you've had to come in here and ask that question, so don't seem surprised. <laughs> I think every time Joe sees me with some kind of uh, extravagant prop or something, he's like, "Oh, that's for choir. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get involved." <laughs> um, so, for the last question, and this is the hardest one, I apologize. Uh, if you could only watch one musical for the rest of time, which one would you choose? I thought about lots of them. Um, I ended up going with Wicked um, as the one I chose, just because it's one of those ones that you can keep going to it and there's always something new you're going to notice or something you're going to see. Like the storyline's fantastic, the music's phenomenal, but the set design and everything is so intricate. You're going to notice something a little bit different or something about the costume slightly changed. Um, it's like I've seen it twice now. So I've seen it like once West End, once Broadway, and they're both brilliant. Um, I definitely would go and see it again just because you can't really get bored of it it's not like one of those ones where you already know what's going to happen so it takes something away from it it's like because you know what's going to happen it almost adds to the experience going to see it over and over and over again like the first time is brilliant and then the second time you start noticing stuff you didn't before and I'm only going to assume that the third time I go and see it I will see even more things I didn't see the first time so yeah I, I haven't, definitely I haven't seen it I haven't seen it in like 10 years so I'm just saying there's a group trip happening right now, guys. <laughs> we have to wait until I'm back because you can't go without me. But yes, yes. Um, definitely, definitely need to go see it with Lucy Jones too. So yeah, let's do this. Definitely group trip to, um, to work with it. That would be yep. absolutely brilliant. Yeah, let's do it. Don't let me buy any more merch though. I already have like <laughs> too many t-shirts anyway. <laughs> How about you, Amy? So I've, I'm all, I've also picked Wicked. Amazing. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> yep, it's agreed then. Group trip it is good. Yep. <laughs> Just to me, it was a musical that I discovered at a time where I was a teenager and coming of age and suddenly just hearing this, the absolute powerhouses of Idina Menzel and Christian Chenoweth and just thinking, what is this musical and why 
is it Wizard of Oz feel? Oh, it's like a prequel to the Wizard of Oz. This is amazing. Um, and just being so obsessed with it. I remember getting the um, cast recording on CD. I remember my mum hearing songs from it and she loves the Wizard of Oz and kind of saying, well, this isn't right. I'm not sure how I feel about this. And me kind of being like, shut up, mum, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my dad, uh, I've seen Wicked probably about eight times now. Just any time I get the opportunity, I'm there. I've, I've not seen it in such a long time. I think the last time I saw it, I ended up getting free tickets, which through work, which I just thought, this is great. I'm there 100%. You don't have to tell me twice. I think for me as well, it's just the, the two characters of Elphaba and Glinda. I identify with both of them so much. And also it's just, it's so hard for me to pick a favourite song of that musical. Everything is just so phenomenal. And if you ever go see the stage production, it's just mind-blowing and bright and fantastic and dark and emotional and every feeling in the book. Also, a bucket list thing for me one day is to perform a one-woman show where I play both Elphaba and Glinda. And I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but I will make it work. I'll pay money for that. Yeah. Money you, that. Some, you could do it like sort of like um Victor Victoria style, like one half of your costume is then you just keep switching sides. Yes. That would yeah, be okay. brilliant. If you did it. It that way. I've got to make it happen. Yeah. Even if you don't do the show, like just that is your next costume. Whenever we dress up for something from musical next costume. Yeah. half of you, Glinda, half of you, Elphaba, like half your face green. <laughs> uh, like I think that would be phenomenal. You should definitely do that. <sighs> For the winter ball, the lip sync battle. Oh my God. This is a lip sync battle with yourself. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I am the reigning lip sync champion. You are. I remember that. I was blown away by you when you did that, especially at the splits at the end. I was like, what? <laughs> I just fell over. I was like, no, I did the splits. I think if you were. Stalled it out. Yeah, if you're at the front, you would have seen. If you're at the back, it's like, oh, she's she's just hitting the floor. No, no, no. I, I was close enough. I knew you did that on purpose. And I was I was like, this this person is amazing. She wins. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you two must must be really, really excited about the wicked movie. Oh my yes. god, yes. I do have slight reservations about Ariana Grande, which I think a lot of people do. But Cynthia Evero as Alpha is genius, and I'm so excited for that. I'm also very excited that it's going to be a two-part film, which for me is just, it's going gonna, it's gonna to finally be a movie of something that I adore, where they capture everything and hopefully everything. Um, yeah. And I also hope they kind of touch on the book of mm-hmm. Wicked quite a bit, which if you read the book, it's... Um, it's really dark. It's really dark. It's also yep. quite um, horny. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that. But Congrats <laughs> for it. saying, you're the first person to say horny on the podcast. Well done. Thank you. Chaos <laughs> yeah. has arrived. Now, the book, is, the book is awesome. Like, And I think, and Wicked the Musical is, is very different from it. Um, but it's, I think the reason we all love Wicked so much is because it takes a, a story that we all kind of know in our bones and turns it on its head and makes you think about what evil really means. Um, and yeah, and if you're obsessed with Disney and that type of stuff, then those types of questions that you get asked when you watch something like that just makes you go, oh, what if the bad guys aren't really that bad? 
et cetera. Um, or maybe they're even the good guys and the good guys are the bad guys. It's, it's awesome. Um, so yeah, I hope they bring some of the book into it as well, Amy. I think we could just open the door for so many what if films as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. now, especially you've got what, the Maleficent films, like what if Maleficent wasn't all that evil actually. And, um, Cruella where it's just oh she's just misunderstood which I mean for me I'm I'm all for it and it, it it's it's fun to explore the what if um I know some people don't really like it it's not really their cup of tea and what's what was first published like for example people will take Wizard of Oz as verbatim and that is that and the Wicked Witch is evil she wants to choose and that was it um well obviously with Wicked there is so much more behind that of uh you know childhood bullying and daddy issues and whatnot yeah I think it does definitely like open doors to like deeper conversations about things it's also just more interesting to like make you think because it's lovely to go and see like a show that's just what I expect it to be and then when you turn things on its head it's like it does like you say it does get you thinking more um which sort of reminds me of like I don't know how many of you did like we did like the during that time during lockdown we did the mock trial mm-hmm. everything is one of our socials and so like Three Little Pigs, Big Bad Wolf, like flipping that on his head. So it's like really interesting to flip, like you said, all those stories that we know so deeply yeah. and flip them on their head. It's just, it really makes you think, which is like, I think what theatre and musicals and things should do, they should have, they're there to entertain, which is absolutely brilliant. But then the ones that are those iconic ones are the ones that make you think, the ones that have that deeper meaning behind them. So they're not just um, a lovely way to spend an afternoon. They are um, that iconic because the story is timeless. The story will... Um, stand that test time there will be constantly people asking questions and thinking about the deeper meaning and that's sort of the power of theatre which I really really love mic drop that's it guys (laughs) (laughs) well done yeah that's amazing what a way to end um thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast and talking to us this has been brilliant um love you much very very much and um yeah Ollie anything that you'd like to add before I start getting all emotional and everything all over the podcast I'll jump in here um <laughs> no that was great I really enjoyed um your answers it was a lot of fun and um yeah I think I'm looking forward to the group trip to Wicked I'm also looking forward to all of us being at Disney as well so it's going to be great and I'll be at Hampton Court and I think Matt are you there as well I'm at Hampton Court as if I have to ask. Romance um, yeah. picture, please. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, guys, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we will speak to you again in person soon. But thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Hello, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining us today to talk about your relationship with musical theater but also beauty and the beast and i just love the fact that you're coming to us live from an actual theater where you're working so guys if you hear noises in the background that is live theater in the making (laughs) it's very cool happy to be here thank you for the you know the invitation of course shall we just dive straight in sure okay so uh tell us about your relationship with musical theater and choir um you know how and why did you get started with all of it Oh, it's, it's it's it, it could be a long story. You know, I've been uh, uh, in this for for a little while now. Let's take you back to early childhood. You know, so um, uh, I remember fondly. Um, you know, in in the olden days when we didn't have many television channels, um, you know, the family would watch 
um, you know, The Sound of Music and, and Wizard of Oz and those sorts of very, very classic musical pieces. You know, and it didn't matter whether they'd been seen once, twice or many, many times. Um, you know, it, it, was, it, it was certainly a, a, a family, uh, you know, mum, dad uh, and myself, it, it was what we did. In terms of actually sort of getting to see uh, real live sort of theatre, I guess it would be the, the main pantomime. And, and, you know, that was sort of introduction to your know, live theatre. And, 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 yeah, absolutely, you know, an affinity there. And a, I like this very much. It has a, a much more magic than, than a film. And I very much like that sort of shared experience, um, you know, with an audience. And very much it's a sort of, you know, it is live, it's on the moment. And although you know, the same performance might be done tomorrow and you know, subsequent, you know, it's, it's, it's a one-off moment. So there are unique um, uh, happenings within that experience. So, you know, love it. Absolutely to death. Growing up, um, you know, on a, on a council estate, I didn't know uh, what this West End was, was all about. It was a world away, and it didn't seem uh, attainable. Um, and certainly didn't know others that had that sort of you know, interest and so on. With the exception, actually, of um, an uncle and aunt who live in Warwick, um, and they were um, you know, experiencing this, this wonderful magic you know, where it happens. And I remember very early in uh, Les Miserables run, um, they had been, and it sort of also coincided with a number of sort of uh, uh, experiences and, and small exposures to the same musical that I had also picked up. Saw a, an organised coach trip from my hometown to go and see Les Mis as a, mat- a Saturday matinee performance. A little bravely, it's only 18. Um, you know, I, I decided that I was going to go and see what this was really like. And because, as I say, I, I hadn't actually, I didn't know really what to expect. I thought it was a special occasion, and it was. Um, I dressed in a suit. It's what one did, I thought. Um, what I hadn't sort of fully appreciated was, you know, it was a Saturday matinee. So there's a, it was a little bit more relaxed, and it was families a little. Um, but, you know, this is 30 years ago. Um, things have changed clearly since then. But so Les Mis was my very, very first real musical experience, literally from the overture of that very first, um, even having heard it and seen it any time since. That, you know, the overture alone is enough to make the, the hairs on the back of my neck tingle. Fast forward, you know, um, you know 20 years, 30 years, still enjoying uh, you know, West End shows and, you know, both from a... Um, seeing and 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 uh, uh, you know, audience participation, but um, also found a way to uh, broaden that hobby and that interest. Actually, also um, at uh, one of uh, one of two local theatres. Um, firstly, the one in my hometown, which is where I'm at the moment, and I'm also um, in Birmingham, which is uh, uh, my next nearest uh, big town. It's great to see that it's been a, a lifelong passion and. The fact that you're following up that passion as you are by actually being in in a theatre right now, setting up for a show, it shows a really exciting uh, development story there. So it's really yeah. cool, and I'm really really happy for you to be able to do that. And it, a, a tiny bit envious, I'd say. Actually. Yeah, me so, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so the reason we asked you to join us today was because uh, I saw my first show in 
a while. Uh, when I was in Manchester last month, was that last month? I still don't know what time is, you guys, um, recently. And it was Beauty and the Beast. Um, and I adored it. And it was such a privilege to be back in a theater. Um, and what a show to go back with because of all the magic. Um, and that's a word that you've mentioned a number of times already today. Um, so the magic of the theater. And I was just so honored um, to be a part of that again, because you're right, Kevin, things have changed a lot in the last 30 years. And I mean, the first time I went to the Royal Albert Hall, I got dressed up. I did makeup. I had curly hair, the whole line. And like, there were people there in jeans. I was like, oh, yeah. oops. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, so just, I think we sort of start taking things. Well, we definitely start taking things for granted. Right. And then not having it, you go back to it and it's like, oh my God. the magic of it all so you commented on the fact that I had seen it and um told me that you had been involved with the production in Birmingham uh so tell us tell us about that how did you get involved with the show and what was the experience like Beauty and the Beast you know uh what more does one say you know it's a a full-blown Disney production and conventionally you know one would expect it to have been in London first and then tour out to uh, Birmingham, Manchester, Edinburgh, and so on. You know, potentially, um, you know, uh, uh, and as a result of uh, obviously the, uh, the pandemic and bookings are sort of out of sync and so on. Um, uh, you know, Beauty and the Beast toured first um, before uh, you know, uh, arriving in London. You know, yes, it had. I think. Birmingham was one of the first uh, locations, and then it went on to Manchester that you saw, and then uh, on to Edinburgh and beyond that. I'm unsure, but um, you know, soon to be in London. Well, a time old story. Just about six months ago, um, I'd done quite a bit of time here in uh, my local theatre, and was looking to you know, progress or develop or do you know, looking for the next bit of learning friend I knew already worked at uh, Birmingham Hippodrome, but ha- was, hadn't been sort of particularly active you know, and, and said, you know, why not see? So yes, you know, went through the application process and thought, this is, this is good. It was a bit of validation of what I had learned, you know, in the small 250-seater uh, uh, theatre where I am at the moment. You know, became part of their sort of crew. You know, there's no commitment. You know, it's uh, effectively a zero-hour contract, but, you know, join in and participate as much as one wants. Typically, uh, a show comes into Birmingham for uh, one or two weeks, and there's an opportunity to do the, you know, behind-the-scenes work in preparation for it coming in. Then there's also work whilst the show itself itself is on. And then there's uh, a similar exercise to actually uh, move them out, return the venue back to a completely empty space, literally ready for the cycle to repeat once again. As I said, you know, typically it's a week or two between uh, a show run in a a sort of touring theatre like like Birmingham. Beauty and the Beast was quite unusual in that it had a four-week run from late February to to late March. Yeah, there was certainly some... uh, Pride, I sense that you know Birmingham had got the uh, the production first, and you know it, it beat London, so to speak. And it's you know it's it's absolutely the same show. It's not a sort of cut down uh, version in, in any respect. So it is uh, truly magical. The particular shift that I did actually was the very end of the run, and the pretense of actually wanting to see how 
much work there was to do. I went and saw it very, very early in March. Often one of the sort of perks, so to speak, is that we might get discounted tickets. But given the, the um, strength of the bookings and ticket sales in advance, there was no need to do that sort of uh, offer. You know, so the tickets were selling really well, even for a four-week run. Went along to see it. Amusingly, very, very recently, I had said to friends at Oxford Circus Pub, you know, post-rehearsal, that I didn't really think I was sort of the right demographic for Disney. I thought I was a little old now and potentially even wrong gender too. I know that's heresy, but it, it, you know, I, I, I thought that. And I think this probably coincided with the recent you know, Wemek Disney visit and performance. Went and saw the the, uh, the show early March, as I say, pretext of working out how much work there was to do when I was late to actually assist in the, uh, the get out. Yeah, and I was only pretending really that pretext, but I wanted to say, I guess I have to eat those words. You know, if there is a, a type of person that likes a Disney show and particularly, you know, Beauty and the Beast, Okay, I'm in. Yeah, it was quite a surprise almost to yeah to reframe that sort of uh, expectation very very quickly and in very short time from me saying those uh, those uh, those words. It is that kind of feeling of expectation of what you should be potentially to enjoy something, but Beauty and the Beast and other Disney shows as much as films tap into so many different um sort of life experiences and perceptions and perspective busting elements they turn them on their heads particularly some of the newer versions and i think that's a really nice thing and i think i remember i remember being in the pub with you that evening and we were talking to other tenors who are going to come potentially to september and I feel hopefully that you now feel great about about going um, at some point soon to Disney because yeah I think it's it is open to everyone as long as you sort of have that open mindset to it which I know that you definitely have. Uh, even from joining Wemet, you know, it was very clear that one of the sort of focuses is you know uh, and loves is uh, is Disney. You know, all things Disney. So you know, very quickly, I had decided that yes, I would be you know, making the Disney trip. You know, there's there's no way that I was not. I had planned to do the March trip as as, as you had. Um, those dates didn't quite uh, align with uh, an, an anniversary that I was unsure I wanted to celebrate. So I moved to the uh, September date, and actually seeing the energy and enthusiasm of the returning people back from the March trip with the same material in September and the, well, I, I just can't wait. You know, uh, uh, so I was already going, you know, um, rides, not so much. The performance experience, absolutely. But yes, the energy from you and, and, and the enthusiasm and those that uh, wanted were, were going again. The great number of tenors that, that seems to be on the September trip. Um, wow. It is going to be an equally you know, magical experience. I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you're going to be coming. Uh, and as you say, there, there's quite the uh, the batch of tenors going, which is exciting because when when we did the November trip, for example, uh, there was only um, it was basically two of us. Uh, and now it's gone up to probably about eight for the March trip. And now for September, it, it sounds like there's going to be a substantial amount more. And I know it's not all about tenors, but, you know, yes, Kate, is, Kate, Kate, Kate <laughs> is very accommodating here. But it's great to have the choir with a great blend of voices. And totally. it's nice if you've got that. And I think, um, not giving too much away, I think you're going to really enjoy the workshops, Kevin. Like, 
almost guarantee it that even though they're shrouded in mystery but it's exciting <laughs> it's exciting that this episode has basically a hundred percent saturation of people going to disney in september mm-hmm. yeah. um, so that's very exciting so yeah what were you going to say katie i sort of i've lost track of where i was going now <laughs> that's totally fine um i was gonna say um yeah i love that you got to change your mind about disney because i think disney mm. really is for everyone but i think more widely speaking like this idea of guilty pleasures and things like that like things that you're not supposed to like but you do i i just don't subscribe to that theory like i have spent my life adoring many things vocally because i don't care what other people think if it brings you that sense of joy and magic then just own it and shout about it because chances are that there are going to be other people who also love those things and um that that's your community right so it's it's not just choir but you know i'll name some of my not guilty pleasures um backstreet boys obviously um (laughs) buffy the vampire slayer like i am not shy shy about these things when i love something i just i'm just unashamed about it and so i'm really pleased that getting to be part of the disney experience and magic so far has completely changed your mind about that as well absolutely and yeah it sort of reminded me that i uh, particularly the story you know i'm a romantic at heart clearly and you know it's got it is it's a fabulous story isn't it and it, mm-hmm. it's it's a spectacle and it has all of those classical you know from the yellow dress to the uh, well it, it, everybody knows the story you know yeah. whether whether you've seen the animated whether you've seen the pantomime whether you've seen the show and it's it's a disney experience so that leads us on to um Another question. What were your favourite parts of the show? I loved um, the uh, portrayal of the Lumiere character. Mm-hmm. Um, what, he was just magic. Uh, no, I've used that word too many times. I no, can't no, use no. that again now. It's, it's a true uh, word. Um, it's, it's, it's appropriate. And his interaction with uh, Cogsworth mm-hmm. um, and, and the scenes that they had together were, were, were fabulous. Loved them. Uh, the magical transformation. How did they do that? I don't know, but you know, even having seen the show quite early in its run and being involved in the return the theatre back to its empty space, I still don't know. So yeah, so the uh, magic uh, is still there. The magic is still there. <laughs> I was, was going to so, say, if you so, don't know, then what luck do any of the rest of us so, have? So, so, <laughs> so I can't spoil it because I don't know. So I've. I've I've got to see it again. Well, will that help? No. I think the only way of truly finding out is you've got to be on stage when it happens. And I had even wondered whether that would spoil, as it were, having seen it first as a member of the, the audience and then that sort of going behind scenes and, and, and wondering if that would destroy the magic. It so didn't. It, it so doesn't. If, if anything, it, it's actually said, how do I get to know more? And like mm-hmm. I say, that's what has formed the, um, or certainly, yeah, informed the thinking that says it's time for a change um, from my current uh, you know, IT career into uh, or, or, or you know, towards the direction of you know, working backstage, you know, either the physical um, uh, heavy graft work, and, and it is, but it's, it's fun and it's rewarding, or whether it is from a um, you know, lighting or sound perspective, which I've got some experiences of. Yeah, and Beauty and I mean, the Beast you, you is fit the part, definitely. Yeah, it is beautiful, beautiful show. But I think also you look like you should be in that 
in that production area, Kevin. I mean, you, you, you've got the look, definitely. So yeah, I mean, we I can see it. That's the main it. thing. Yeah, we'll take a screenshot so we people will. can see it definitely. But <laughs> I, I, I refuse to believe that you have a regular day job and you're not just a you're just always a, in the a true monkey. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, yeah, that's an aspiration, and uh, there's a greater chance of achieving that now than probably ever before. Uh, it has taken the journey. Mm. You know, um, to get to this point, um, and you know, and, and, and the experiences and all of that stuff to actually say, okay, you know, um, it's it's now time to it is time to change, um, and it's time to to enjoy again. You know what what one does for a livelihood or just the way yeah. that you go about your career. Because yeah. I think it's so important, and it's a hard decision sometimes if you've gone down a certain path with your career that you go, actually, <clears throat> if I'm being honest with myself, I don't I don't love what I do. I do a job, I'm pretty good at it. It pays the bills and, and, and whatnot, but I, I don't wake up every morning going, oh, fantastic, I can't wait to do X, Y, and Z. And then I think it's very courageous of you to um, be going down this, this route where you might have, you know, reduced income because you're having to start a more junior position in your passion area, but all the better for it because you're going to be doing what you love. And I think um, I jokingly, but not overly jokingly said, I'm quite envious of you. Um, so I think it'll be good to chat more when we're in, in Disney in September, because I think it's fantastic how you're pursuing that. So I'm there's a magical, a magical transformation happening anyway, away from yeah. the show. Yeah. But um, I think that's really exciting. Only from my own personal mental health perspective, mm. um, I know that you know, I have, uh, you know, I struggled over the last three years, um, um, which was uh, or, or is uh, the recent anniversary of, of, of my late wife's passing. Um, yes, she'd been unwell for quite some time, but you know there was a we didn't have very long between um, uh, knowing that you know there was, uh, she had an incurable uh, cancer, and we had a match of weeks. Um, so yes, those three years have been tough. Um, you know, but in that three years, uh, you know, I have discovered Wemek, made lots and lots of new friendships, and you know, I'm now at a position to be able to uh, yeah, to make some serious changes in in, in lifestyle and, and so on. And in some respect, I guess I've got you know the ultimate freedom because it's only myself now, not me as a family or a couple. Absolutely. No, I think that's, we, we won't delve into it too much, but the people who know you in choir know what you've been through. And I think it's great that the choir can be a support for you and a community. And then I think it's given you an, an element of just the, the the courage and the sort of change of perspective to to do what you're doing now. So I think uh, that's where probably the, the magical transformation is happening in your <laughs> personal Beauty and the Beast. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'll, I will drag us um, quickly on to the next question before we get overly emotional. I can see Kate yeah, is about to go. Um, so we are learning Be Our Guest. We did it with the Lauren workshop a month or so ago, which is fantastic. What was that like in the show uh, from both, you know, backstage and and from the audience perspective? And then I want Katie to chime in because I know she has some hot takes on this. Oh, I adore it. Um, <laughs> so, Kevin, I'm I'm just going to start. Sorry, um, I'm, I'm I'm pushing my way to the front to talk about this. Um, this incredibly stark contrast between 
um, the moody castle scenes where everything's really dark and, and gloomy because for obvious reasons. Um, and then the start of that number is just like, I just, I, it, pitch black to glorious Technicolor with glitter and pink and oh my God, like everything was just amazing. Like that contrast was just perfect. Um, and it just went from strength from <laughs> to strength from there. Um, I mean, as you said before, Lumiere was amazing, um, but I mean, shout out to the entire ensemble with the with the dancing and the costume changes and the, oh my god, it was just amazing. Um, and the magic and because uh, things are just flying across the stage and you're like, how? <laughs> Where did that even come from? I didn't see them do it. Um, yeah, and the tap dancing. Oh my god. I love that they dedicated so much time to this song in the show because yeah, getting to see that proper like tap part of it was just amazing. So, so good. All right. You can talk now, Kevin. <laughs> no, I totally agree. It, it, it was, it was, I want, I expected and wanted that to be the mm-hmm. end of the first act. It, yeah. was a, it was a superb, strong, familiar. Yeah. You know, of, of the two things in the story, you've got this magical transformation that obviously the beast uh, goes through, but but the second one surely is you'll come to the table and here are the characters and it, it, it's yeah um, uh, so as not to repeat your words, but but totally agree. I, I would go and see it again just for that piece. Yep, me too. It, it was it, it was it was spectacular. Yeah. Um, um, much to Ollie's disgust, he asked me about his favorite song from the show um, after I'd seen it. And I was like, I kind of missed it because it was right after Be Our Guest. And I just, I didn't even know it was happening. And then it was done. <laughs> Which <laughs> I know mind. is a, an incredibly like disappointing experience to have for that song. But like, yeah, Be Our Guest I'm, I'm, just floored me. Absolutely. So, so Ollie, does that mean that, that you're interested in that um, If I Can't Love Her? Um, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, good, good, I, good awareness there, Kevin, and thank you for picking up the slack from Katie there. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, interesting that that's the one that's been reused as the current promo. Yeah, um, and and you know, I guess it was that contrast prior to yes that introduced yeah, I guess, and again you've got an instant contrast again, almost back to that piece. Yeah. yeah, and and having appreciated the. Into the light, which yeah. you know, which, which which you get from be our guest. Your your emotions are just so heightened, having mm. seen that. That anything after that is going to be a come down, isn't it? So, yeah. and however I, strong it, 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 it is, I I wondered why the decision mm. had been made uh, not from a show to end running that perspective. First act, yeah. yeah, I get um, it. At, at there and then open with an equally strong because the uh, the song that actually sort of opens Act Two. Um, yeah, it's, it's what I've obviously got a program that I'm looking at. It's like, it's a bit, no, it, 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 yeah. <laughs> Using the technical terms here, people. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I totally get it because with Be Our Guest, it's fundamentally, that is the moment that the people in the castle are liberated. Yeah. They're allowed to be a bit of their former, former selves. Mm-hmm. They find their humanity through uh, doing what they love to do. Um, and then you've got all the glitz and glamour. And the closest thing I can equate it to from a, a sort of a show perspective that I've seen is the sort of grand reveal in 42nd Street, 
where the entire stage is suddenly full of basically 100 people tap dancing perfectly yeah. in time. Um, that was fantastic. I saw that with my with my mum and she she was blown away by that. And it was a very special moment for me. But I think it's it's that level of um, razzle-dazzle and glitz and glamour and joie de vie. And then the poor beast has to go, oh, but I'm so lonely. What am I to do yeah. in a dark castle? And it's like, it's sort of indicative of that song that not many people know it because unless you've seen the stage show, you don't really come across it that much. There's only really one version of it on Spotify or Apple Music and that's fundamentally how people are consuming music since that show came on in the in the 90s um and it's a shame because it's a beautiful song but it's um it 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 can't really hold a candle to what Lumiere's doing previously <laughs> so yeah. I'm gonna hold a candle <laughs> yeah well you know the, 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 head, the head the head cold hasn't completely taken me so that's that's encouraging at it. least yeah but yeah it's it's definitely you've got to finish on that song it's huge mm. it's you know it's like one day more or that's um, right. define or, gravity yeah exactly yes um yeah. it's that sort of massive the lights go out everyone goes oh wow it was incredible rapturous applause and then you can sort of reset yourself for the mm. second half so yeah yeah be our guest just swallowed it whole which is why mm. but i'm sad because you love it so much so i know it's good and i missed it so i think anybody who goes to see it prepare yourselves to maintain your focus for when be our guest finishes, because it is definitely worth experiencing that song properly. Um, but I like what you were saying about um, how they got to be a little bit more human again. See what I did yeah. there. Um, nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> because the other bit that I really, really enjoyed was human again, um, because I'm not that familiar with the stage show now much more because I've seen it. Um, so I didn't know that song. And I think the way they executed it was just beautiful. Like yes. the way that all of the characters are in the spotlight and their former selves that are dancing around being happy in their former lives in, in the shadows a little bit. Like, oh, it was just so cool to see um, the way that they staged that. So keep an eye out for that one as well, guys. Um, it was just lovely to see. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we've covered Be Our Guest. And I think we should be excited about it coming up in quite mm. a Got a funny feeling there might be choreography involved, which I mean, some, some of our members may be uh, excited oh no. about. Some, of our, <laughs> some, some others might not, but we'll 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 find that out together. Um, yeah. It'll so, be so much fun to do, though. Even absolutely. if you do it, I will be in the group doing it horribly wrong, so do not panic. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun, regardless. <laughs> yeah. So, Kevin, from your professional standpoint um, and fan status as well, should people go and see Beauty and the Beast while it's in on tour? Not only once, but twice, if not three times. I can absolutely. see the sales manager of the behind <laughs> you, but that's, but that's absolutely fine. I, I, I felt that was a fairly quick and easy um, easy question for you. I, I'm personally trying to get tickets for when it's in London, and I'm not doing particularly well, but I will see if anything happens where I can go and see it, because I, I definitely want to go and see uh, the show. Because I've seen the the animated film and, and the um, sort of live-action one, and I know that some people don't necessarily like the live-action, but I really like it, so Me I'm sticking too. to my guns there. So um, thank you. I knew I knew that you would have my back. So I'm going to get us to our last question, uh, which we asked on Instagram uh, the other day. And it's basically what is your favorite song from Beauty and the Beast? And you can choose from the animated original. You can go to the live action. You can go to the um, to the theater production. 
Kevin, what is your answer to that? Predictably, question. predictably, <laughs> it is our guest. And you know, just so <laughs> pleased that that you know Wemek have sort of added it to their repertoire. You know, we're gonna have a lot of fun with it, I'm sure. I think that's pretty much everything we wanted to ask you, Kevin. Good, good. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, and I'm just so glad that you have found the magic not only with us in choir, but um just with the theater at large and pulling it into your life in every aspect that you can, because it's just such a, a wonderful thing to see happen. But I mean, we all love the theater, so we know mm. how yes. important that is to all of us. So many people have played a part in that journey and, you know, there's, there's a, a huge debt of, you know, of, of, of thanks that, that, that you know, that, that I should, well, no, it, it, it's never forgotten. Thank uh, you, Kevin. Thank you thank so you much. Both. It's been great. Cheers now. Thanks a lot. For this month, we asked you guys um, what your favorite Beauty and the Beast song is on Instagram, and we had so many answers. So thank you so much, you guys. And it's just reminded me of what a bloody brilliant show it is. And I'm so glad that we have multiple versions of it in our lives. Yeah, so many great answers, like uh, probably our best questions so far on Insta. So we'll, we know what to ask you in future. But yeah, Katie, which one stood out to you? Something there. Uh, it's one of my favorites. It's just so joyous uh, because they are falling in love and the song just captures it ridiculously well. It's, I love it. I, I used to run around singing that song all the time. Um, it just brings me great joy. And that links to um, Human again as well, which mm. was a delight when I saw it um, in the stage show. It was just brilliantly staged and it's, it's that captures that essence of just pure joy so so well um i love both of those very very much so great choices you guys i really like something there too i haven't mm. seen as much of human again but something there um because i i think i've mentioned already I, I haven't seen the stage show yet and so i'm trying to get tickets if anyone knows anyone who could help thank you so mm. much um but yes something there from the original animated and the live action there's just this inherent level of joy and um excitement from all parts it's like obviously the um bell and and the beast but it's also that the, the other characters are all mm -hmm. excited about what it could mean and and how it could be impactful so yeah that that level of joy and is i love chip's little like but what is it mama <laughs> it's so cute i'm trying to do my best emma thompson actually rather than Angela. <laughs> i'll tell you when you're older <laughs> Well, I'm older now. Oh, chip. And it's you are a one, if I remember rightly. So, yeah, it's uh, I, I personally find chip a bit annoying in that moment, but I enjoy Emma Thompson's reaction to to him. So, yeah, yeah really finishes off that song quite nicely. And mm -hmm. we'll move away from terrible impressions. Uh, which which ones were I or was I meant to be talking about? Um, well, you wanted to talk about Belle. Yes, I did. Thank you so much. For You're welcome. Um, we did get a few answers of Belle, and we also got a couple of quotes from it, including Bonjour. Bonjour. Thank you for who sent that in. I won't say your name, but it was, uh, we obviously knew which song you meant. Um, yeah, I love both the animated and the live action. Again, uh, I think they have little nuances, um, and it's just like such a ridiculously great way to start a film, just mm -hmm. having that happen. So, reminds me uh, of Into the Woods with the big prologue mm. entry like that as well which is yeah. just fabulous so yeah yeah buckle up here we go mm -hmm. um so 
that was fantastic. And then I guess we didn't get as many as I was expecting for this, but the actual, you know, Beauty and the Beast, Tell mm-hmm. the Time, um, that was um, uh, obviously we were expecting that to come up and be our guest, funnily enough, um, figured quite largely. Um, and and, and so saying we're learning at this term. Yay. Yeah, so we should. It's, yeah. It is all of that razzle dazzle but yeah i think um beauty of the beast itself was uh, slightly less represented yeah and uh for those of you who are going to see the show um don't blink because i kind of felt like if uh, i had blinked i might have missed it um because it doesn't i wanted it to have more time than it had um mm-hmm. but for obvious reasons other songs like gaston and um be our guest have quite a lot of time in the show and but it's so i think um, Beauty and the Beast suffered a little bit for that, but it is it is stunning in the stage show. Just you know, it's coming. Make sure you're watching. <laughs> yes, but I think ultimately the reason why time was given to Gaston is because there are such lines as "Now that I'm grown, I eat five dozen eggs, so I'm roughly the size of a barge." And, thank you, uh, Annie. Thank you, thank you Annie. <laughs> um, so yeah, Gaston is obviously a very popular one as well. And I, okay, this is probably heretic. that's the word I'm going to use um I think I prefer the live action version than the original um because I I think think I think them spiting words I know right (laughs) (laughs) I think it's mostly uh Josh Gad makes it yes so good and I think his ending of not being able to spell Gaston is (laughs) funnier than the original or the stage show and I think just him going, I've just realized that I'm illiterate and I've never had to spell it out loud before, <laughs> clearly sticks in my head. Um, so, yeah, that's fantastic. I really enjoy that one. Yeah, and it's a delight in the stage show. Like, so many flying cups, you guys. Like, I don't even know <laughs> how they did it. So enjoy that one. <laughs> awesome. And then there's a couple of, shall I say, underrepresented numbers from the show. I was yes. expecting a couple more um shout outs for them but you know what were the three different versions we've we've tasked you with i think it's good that pretty much every song has been picked out in one way or the other but if i can't love her was brought up by a couple of our um sort of baritone singers and mds thank you to those who sent those in um it's a wonderful song uh i think we covered it a little bit with kevin that it almost gets swallowed whole by Mm -hmm. be our guest and it's a shame because it is such a good song but it is positively niche unless you know your the stage show itself you people just don't know the song and if you need any sort of further education away from the version that's available on spotify because i don't really like it that much um <laughs> it, 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 it's it's not as good as it could be i would recommend going to youtube and looking for if i can't love her by ramin karimlu and basically you can thank me later it's quite good um so i'll leave that one there Evermore was brought up by a few people. I personally love that. There's a few good versions out there. And I think it tells an interesting story, uh, sort of replacing If I Can't Love Her. And then, Maxine, I'm going to call you out because you agree with me that the mob song is great and basically is under underrepresented. And the lyrics, if you've not listened to the lyrics properly of that song, you just realise that um, Howard Ashman is a genius. Um, and if we didn't need any further reminding of that, um, the mob song for me is a good one. The lovely Amy, uh, who spoke to us earlier in this episode, also said the bell reprise. Who doesn't want to sing this running in a field somewhere? We agree. Strongly. Wholeheartedly. 
Yeah, I think we I think we all want to do that. Yeah, male, and female, should, or other. I we should make that happen. That yeah. should be a thing. Mm-hmm, definitely, <laughs> we'll we'll look into a field trip to uh, wherever a field East is. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Any old field, doesn't matter, as long as we can run in it and sing. We can also sort of like make it a very cost-effective trip by doing sound and music as well. At the same time, yes. Yeah, they're both vaguely alpine settings, aren't they? Yes, uh, Maxine, let's 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 do this. The yeah. social's waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah, and I think reminding myself about uh, the mob song again, I always enjoy um, crazy old Maurice um, berating mm-hmm. poor Philippe the horse I think he gets a, a tough rap, definitely, for supposedly getting them lost and going down the dark path, even though it's clearly Maurice um, being, you know, headstrong and uh, I'd say dopey. But never mind, that's a different sale. And this makes me think of Tangled. Yes, Just saying. Definitely. Different Back representation of horse there who isn't taking anything off anybody. <laughs> Correct. I think ultimately Maximus is uh, sort of, Philippe reincarnated into a yes. stronger form. Yep. Because I think he was clearly scarred by by Maurice there. I feel we're going off on a tangent. <laughs> a little bit, but I love it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Where do we go from here? I think to say thank you to everybody for sending in your answers. Um, keep them coming. We can't wait to hear what you guys say for our next question, whatever that may be. Well saved. Seriously, we, we really appreciate you taking the time mm-hmm. to um, to send it to send the answers through. Um, I think it's been a really fun episode. It's been a little bit longer potentially than others, but because <laughs> it is the Platinum Jubilee um, weekend that we're doing this over, we felt we'd give you a bonanza um, episode uh, to go with these festivities. So thanks very much again for listening. Uh, we will see you soon enough in person and virtually at rehearsals and some of our upcoming performances but uh yeah we'll look forward to speaking with you again very soon oh and we brought it up earlier anyway but i think because it's coming out in june happy pride everyone happy pride everybody we love you i won't we won't call it the platitudes um episode but yeah i think we can get away with it being a, a special extended version of the pod makes me realize what a bloody brilliant show it is um amongst across all of the different versions that we have at our disposal oh i can't talk let's start that again it's a shame because it was going really well it um, was yeah ah. it was really good this is why i script myself anyway no, it was really um, good yeah okay. thanks i'll try again here, here we go again <laughs> that really wasn't helpful was it i thought i was going to be helpful and i went no it's not helpful <laughs> um okay um so the ones that stand out for me are um somewhere there oh my god that's not something there uh. so close <laughs> i was like what okay I couldn't read it properly. I anyway. can hang on. I'll, I'll interject, and you can come in. Hang on. We shall see how it feels on the editing floor. But anyway, <laughs> let's go to meet the team. Bling. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the sound effects all in my head already. <laughs> We're definitely cutting that bit out. Yes, we are. <laughs>